Hello brothers and sisters. This is going to be video 7 of 8 in the series about the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, we just finished up the fourth angel and the trump and the things that that represented. So now we're moving on. Um, but before this, there's a kind of a, a lull in between the fourth and the fifth where there's um, angels that declare further judgments are coming. And this is recorded in both DNC 88 and Revelation chapter 8. And uh, proclaiming woes for those that continue to fight against God and uh, warn of judgments that are to come. Now to the fifth angel. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as a smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion, when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. So, obviously some sort of um, physical ailment um, that's going to hurt to the point where people will seek death. And in DNC 88, this is what the fifth angel says. And another trump shall sound, which is the fifth trump, which is the fifth angel who committeth the everlasting gospel. And that's a key right there, that committing the everlasting gospel uh, identifies who that is. That is actually John the Revelator. So he's flying through the midst of heaven, speaking unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. And this shall be the sound of his trump, saying to all people, both in heaven and in earth, and that are under the earth, for every ear shall hear it, and every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess, while they hear the sound of the trump, saying, Fear God, and give glory to him who sitteth upon the throne for ever and ever, for the hour of his judgment is come. And now to the sixth angel. Um, the sixth angel that had the trumpet, and he said, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. By these three was the third part of men killed, by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So, this is identified as a 13-month uh, destruction of the wicked. Um, we know that a third part of men will be killed um, by fire, by smoke and brimstone that's issued out of the mouth of the angels. And then Doctrine and Covenants 88. And again, another angel shall sound his trump, which is the sixth angel, saying, She has fallen, who made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, she is fallen, she is fallen. So here this angel is proclaiming the fall of Babylon, um, the fall of all the wicked. And notice here that it's, you know, it's a continued message of repentance to these people that are still fighting against God, even up to the last moment. 
And it's at this time that we see the two witnesses appear in Jerusalem. Uh, John describes them as uh, the two olive trees and uh, two witnesses. And they'll, they'll prophesy for a thousand two hundred and three score days. So this actually uh, will overlap with a lot of the other trumpets that we've heard in the, a lot of the other angels. Um, their ministry will be a while, but it will be at this point that the, the key part of their mission will happen. So prior to this, um, as Babylon has fought against these two witnesses, um, fire has proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies, um, and they have the power to shut the heavens. So a lot of these things that the two witnesses are doing are, are tormenting Babylon. They're the, the plagues and the destructions that are coming upon the wicked. Um, they even have power to turn the waters to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues. So they'll be prophesying in Jerusalem. And after they finish their message, um, so, you know, there will be um, those that continue to fight against them. And they'll overcome them and they'll kill them. And their, their dead bodies will lie in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. And while they do this, the people that fought against them, they will rejoice over their deaths um, and be made merry. Um, and that's because these two prophets have have caused um, a lot of the destruction of the wicked up to this point. So I think the, the, the wicked people at this time will feel some sort of um, vengeance against them. Um, but after these three and a half days, we know that they'll uh, revive, they'll stand upon their feet, they'll be resurrected and be raised up to the Lord because they have faithfully fulfilled their mission. It's also at this time, as the armies are gathering around um, Jerusalem and, and battling against the saints, that there'll be a, a righteous rem remnant that will cry for deliverance. Um, this will be one of the most difficult times for the saints in Jerusalem. And Isaiah talks about the cry for deliverance that they, that they cry for to the Lord. And they say, Be not wroth very sore, O Lord, neither remember iniquity forever. Behold, see, we beseech thee, we are all thy people. Thy holy cities are a wilderness, Zion is a wilderness, Jerusalem a desolation. Our holy and our beautiful house, where our fathers praise thee, is burned up with fire, and all our pleasant things are laid waste. Wilt thou refrain thyself for these things, O Lord? Wilt thou hold thy peace and afflict us very sore? So remember that Part of the uh, tribulation of the saints will be that the daily sacrifice will be taken away in the temple. So they won't yeah, have been able to do that in their, in their temple. They'll have all these enemies coming around them, uh, seeking to destroy them. And then the seventh angel blasts his trumpet. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And he, uh, meaning the, the uh, Antichrist, gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth. 
so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. So at this time, this earthquake will um, cause a great destruction um, where there will only be uh, one-third of the remnant, uh, the righteous remnant still left in Jerusalem at this time. So it will be a time of great death among the wicked. And in DNC 88, another angel shall sound his trump, which is the seventh angel, saying, It is finished, it is finished. The Lamb of God hath overcome and trodden the winepress alone, even the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. So at this time, we, we see the actual destruction of the forces of Babylon, and we also see the death of the Antichrist. And it says that her plagues shall come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So the forces of Babylon, the Antichrist, are um, destroyed in uh, this great um, brimstone event, um, and they're cast down um, to hell to, uh, to await the judgments of God. And uh, in the scriptures, it actually describes this destruction, this end destruction of Babylon, as being compared to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah that occurred in the days of Abraham. And uh, we know that at that time, the Lord had rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And then all the cities were destroyed in, in the area. So it's going to be some sort of a um, heavenly event where there'll be brimstone, some sort of hail coming out of the sky to destroy the wicked. And then to go back to this earthquake, um, that mentioned that there was an earthquake that would also destroy many people in Jerusalem. Um, it talks more about this earthquake in Revelation chapter 11. And it says, The same hour there was a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave glory to the God of heaven. So we know that 7,000 men will be slain just because of this earthquake alone. Um, we know that it will be such a great earthquake, so cataclysmic that the city of Jerusalem will actually be divided into three parts. Um, and uh, all the mountains will be changed in that area. And then again, as I said before, these great hailstones that fall from heaven, it's mentioned in both Revelation 16 and Ezekiel 38. So obviously some sort of um, cosmic event where hail comes out of heaven. And um, it says that these will weigh about the size of a talent, 
or the weight of a talent, uh, which if you measure that out in measurements, it's about 75 pounds. So these are going to be huge. You can only imagine what kind of destruction that will cause um, here upon the earth. So this hailstorm and this earthquake, um, these are the earthquake. This earthquake is the one that's mentioned when Christ sets his foot upon the Mount of Olives, and this will be the moment where Christ actually comes to appear on the Mount of Olives to the Jews. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. Yea, ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. So, this great earthquake causes the Mount of Olives to basically divide. That is part of the escape for the righteous saints in Jerusalem. At this time it says they'll flee. And then this is when Christ actually comes and appears with um, the righteous saints who have already been resurrected at this point. Um, this is what Charles W. Penrose had to say about this appearance. Christ's next appearance after his appearance in the New Jerusalem will be among the distressed and nearly vanquished sons of Judah. At the crisis of their fate, when the hostile troops of several nations are ravaging the city and all the horrors of war are overwhelming the people of Jerusalem, he will set his feet upon the Mount of Olives, which will cleave and part asunder at his touch. Attended by a host from heaven, he will overthrow and destroy the combined armies of the Gentiles and appear to the worshiping Jews as the mighty deliverer and conqueror, so long expected by their race. And while love, gratitude, awe, and admiration swell their bosoms, the deliverer will show them the tokens of his crucifixion and disclose himself as Jesus of Nazareth, whom they had reviled and whom their fathers put to death. Then will unbelief depart from their souls and the blindness in part which has happened unto Israel be removed. There's also some other descriptions from uh, President Benson and, and Elder McConkie. Um, when he sets his foot on the mount called Olivet, it cleaves in twain. The Lord has returned and the great millennium is here. The year of his redeemed has arrived. Um, this appearance of the Lord will be to the Jews, to these beleaguered sons of Judah, surrounded by hostile Gentile armies, who again threaten to overrun Jerusalem. The Savior, their Messiah, will appear and set his feet on the Mount of Olives. And it shall cleave in twain, and the earth shall tremble and reel to and fro, and the heavens also shall shake. And the Lord himself will then rout the Gentile armies, decimating their forces. Judah will be spared, no longer to be persecuted and scattered. Now the Lord, um, after he was done ministering to his disciples, in the old world after his resurrection for 40 days, um, he departs um, and his apostles are all standing there and there's two angels that appear to them. And these angels say, why are you gazing up into heaven? Because this Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And it's important to note that the location where the apostles were standing when Christ departed back into heaven at that time was actually on the Mount of Olives. So we know that the returning 
um, these angels are telling the apostles that Christ will return on the Mount of Olives to the, the Jews and, and that that will actually occur. So it's interesting to see how, you know, the Lord is teaching us about these different comings through, through this specific story. And Zechariah also mentions the words that the Savior will, will say and also the words of, of the Jews and what they will say. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. So we know at this time that there will be um, those still in Jerusalem, Jews, that will have not fully rejected Christ, but maybe not fully accepted him, um, but are righteous enough to, to be able to have that privilege to see him. And it will be among those groups of people that will be converted after this coming that they'll be able to know that he is their savior and they'll, they'll come to rely upon him and his atonement. And as I mentioned before, after this destruction and after Christ appears, uh, there is a third part, a righteous third part, or righteous remnant um, that will be left in Jerusalem. And it's talked about both in Zechariah and Malachi. Uh, this time of tribulation is going to be a time of testing and proving for these saints, um, you know, akin to basically being brought through the fire, through all this destruction, through all the wickedness, um, the saints will, will still be preserved and they'll be able to witness their Lord in body, in person. We also know that the Dead Sea will be healed and the waters will issue forth from underneath the temple. This is something that Ezekiel prophesies about. Um, we know that uh, the the desert areas, just like it was prophesied, will happen in America and Zion. Uh, the same thing will happen in Israel. Uh, the waters will issue forth. They'll cause vegetation to grow, and it will become a place where living things can come forth and begin to grow. And then it's at this time that the faithful saints who have made it through will actually receive their inheritances. And uh, in the land of Israel, each of the tribes will have land for them and their tribe that they'll be given, much as it was um, in the days of King David. And um, just like it will be for uh, Ephraim and Manasseh in the New World in America. It's interesting to note, too, that all 12 tribes will be able to get inheritance even in Israel, too. So um, not only is America and Zion a land of inheritance for Ephraim and Manasseh, but there'll also be uh, two portions or inheritances in Israel as well uh, for those two tribes. So this is the timeline of events for destructions that will happen in Jerusalem and give you an idea of what seal it will happen in. So we know all this is going to take place in the seventh seal, after the seventh seal has opened. So we're going to have each of the seven angels sound their trumps in succession, and then each of the destructions that we've talked about will occur um, just exactly as they're outlined. During this period, we'll see the rise and the reign of the Antichrist, where he'll come and he will take away the daily sacrifice in the temple. We know that there'll be a 13-month destruction that's by the four angels that come out of the Euphrates. 
And then at the end, we know that there will be a great hailstorm, that the Antichrist and those that are in Babylon will be destroyed, and then the earthquake that will occur that will also destroy 7,000 men just in Jerusalem. And then this is the uh, last day's temple timeline that Daniel gives us as far as how long the Antichrist reigns and how long between when the daily sacrifice is taken away to uh, when basically Jerusalem begins to be under siege when the seventh um, angel blows his trumpet and the battle of Armageddon uh, is completed. Um, and then how long between that time and when the righteous third part or the righteous remnant will be left. And then how long it will be until the temple's fully cleansed. Because just because Christ comes to appear uh, doesn't mean that the temple's been fully cleansed. There'll, there'll need to be a cleansing take uh, place at that time. And with all these new converts uh, from, from the Jews, um, they'll need to accept the gospel, right? And they'll have to have their ordinances um, performed. And so all these things are going to have to take place um, so that the temple can be fully cleansed. And then this is just an idea of the timeline of events in the building of Jerusalem or rebuilding of Jerusalem in the temple. So we know that first all of scattered Israel has to be gathered first to the new Jerusalem and then King David, David will need to be raised up and then he will take the people back to Jerusalem where they'll um, build it up. They'll build the temple. Christ will appear on the Mount of Olives. The righteous uh, saints in Israel will receive their inheritances. And then we'll start a gathering of all the heathen nations um, to the gospel. So this is also going to be a, a large part of the missionary work that needs to take place um, before um, the, the actual end of the world and before Christ comes in glory to the whole world.